Kitchen. Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited. He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette sports. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do. Uh, coming up here in a little bit. Let's go ahead and get started like we always do. It's Need to Know News time. Here's your Need to Know News. And I'll tell you what, I wish we had a uh, wish we had a little bit more going on today, but it's, I don't know, a little bit quiet. Uh, NBA is back tonight. Uh, openers for the Pacers and the Bulls, both at home. Indiana's going to host Washington Bulls will host OKC. Now, the Pacers split their series last season with the uh, Washington, no longer Bullets, but uh, Wizards. Bulls got swept by the Thunder, though. So another full slate of NBA, actual full slate of NBA, actually. We had two last night. Blackhawks lost their third in a row as they go 3-0 against the Boston Bruins. Boston racked up 43 shots on goal last night. They sweep the season series 2-0. Bruins remain undefeated. They go to 6-0 on this season. Now the Hawks, they're going to head back out on the road Friday to take on Vegas again. Chicago lost their home opener to the Golden Knights already. Blackhawks dropped their uh, lone visit to Sin City last season. In fact... The Hawks are just 2-8 and eight in their last 10. I looked this up, too. They've only played 11 times in Las Vegas. They've won twice. So I should have updated that. But still, two wins in the history of the Vegas franchise for the Blackhawks in Las Vegas. Colts owner Jim Irsay. Oh, boy. He was on the tweeter machines. And you know how that goes. Typically, not great. However, this time, it wasn't so bad. Uh, He did reveal that Anthony Richardson got himself a shoulder surgery uh, on Tuesday. Everything went good. No additional damage they found. That he was in good shape. So that's the good news there. Actually, the same guy that did um, Aaron Rodgers' Achilles did his shoulder. I really don't think they're going to bring him back at any point this season. Even if he were to heal rather well, I don't see how in the world they make that happen. So, uh, he's doing good. But here's the other thing that Ursay tweeted out that was a little bit of a shocker. Now, y'all remember the the last couple of calls the Colts got in that game against the Browns? Well, he says that the NFL admits and understands that they did not make the correct calls at the end of Saturday's or Sunday's Colts-Browns game. 
Ursay then said, I believe we need to institute instant replay for all calls, including penalties in the last two minutes of all games. And we did that, remember? And we didn't want to keep it. Slowed down everything way too much. I mean, look. It wasn't like it was a ticky tack. I mean, it wasn't just a blown call. I mean, the pass interference to put the ball on the one-yard line. Clearly, that ball was uncatchable. Officials have got to be in better positions to realize that. And then the illegal contact. Uh, this is not great. But the one, like by definition... Oh, you can't have the illegal contact on the fumble, right? I mean, they just got to be better. That's not a, hey, we're just... Yeah. Didn't look good. Didn't look good. Uh, but today, Shane Steichen did have uh, some comments on Richardson saying he was in good spirits. The biggest thing is getting the rehab, getting his shoulder right, and then staying focused throughout the season in these meetings. Still be dialed in and practice and all those things. I think you can learn during this time to become a better player for next year, 100% agree. There you go. That is today's Need to Know News. A little light Wednesday here. Now, nothing coming out of like Tuesdays because uh, there's no NFL practices. A lot of the news cycle still being dominated by Michigan. Did you hear about this today? We got the Michigan Manifesto. The Stallions dude apparently had a full-on... 500 to 600 page document that he called the Michigan Manifesto that he worked with uh, a couple other guys at low-level positions on a long-term plan to run the Michigan football program. This is psycho stuff, man. I said my piece on all of it yesterday. I still can't understand the amount of talking, uh, talking head guys, football guys, that will try to justify this as like, oh, it's not fair because everybody does this. Well, everybody's not recording, paying people to record this stuff. Everybody makes these cases that, oh, other people are trying to steal signs too. Yeah, but they're also not hiring people to go and sit in the stands and videotape this stuff. This is not happening. And then directly advising the coaches on exactly what's going on with those signals. And then the other argument I keep on hearing as well, you know, if uh, you know what's coming, you still got to stop it. You know, doesn't matter. You still got to stop it. Yeah, I have a much better chance of stopping it if I know what's coming. Even if I know it's a run play or a pass play. I have a much better chance if I know it's a run play putting seven, eight guys in the box. Versus uh, <laughs> whatever dime package or something I was getting ready to roll out there. I mean, come on, give me a break. A lot of people bending over backwards to defend this. It's really, really weird. Really, really weird. All right, last night. Not bad. Right, we hit our uh, NBA prop on the Devin Booker. We hit that ladder all the way up to, uh, he had what, four last night? You know, three or four, still. Devin Booker threes. We were good. 
NHL uh, shot props, we were two out of three. And Hughes had five. They took three shots away. I don't know how they do that stuff. Feels criminal. I don't know. I might be off of hockey tonight. NBA is back at it. I think, how many hockey games are there tonight? I don't even think there's a lot of hockey games. It's like one hockey game. And the Capitals played last, both these teams played last night. It's going to be a ugly game. So let's dip into the NBA tonight. You know, you got that number, you know, Victor, the big number one pick, Mr. Seven Foot Four. He's out there with an over under of two and a half blocks in plus money. Last season, he averaged 3.2 blocks per game in France's Pro League. Mavericks have Luka. They have Kyrie. Both like to get into the lane. So I think he's going to get some chances here tonight. And I think we're giving him... I mean, two and a half blocks seems like a lot. What Lopez averaged last year, like two and a half blocks per game. So we're already giving him enough credit to be either A, one of the best blockers in the league, or just have more opportunities than anybody. But two and a half at plus money. Yeah, I'm willing to get into that. Go ahead and give me that tonight. There's not a lot that I love about tonight's basketball games. I was looking for some good prop bets here. I, granted, I did not have as much time as I usually do to crank out some good prop bets for you guys. Yeah, there's Wednesday night college football. I, I have the heart to break that down. I don't know. We were so loaded last night. It was such a good day yesterday. We're so loaded last night. Maybe you just need a night off. But that's the way that I'm going there. Give me Mr. Number One. Go ahead and give me the blocks. I think that's my play for the night. Going small tonight. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Uh, I do have Coach Terry Peebles. And then Coach Brian Nay from the Central Catholic Knights. They're on the way next. It's the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. We're over to our Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Coach Terry Peebles is on with us here. They're coming off their bye week as they head into the sectional. Sectional 13 has four teams, and uh, they will be taking on Plainfield for the second straight uh, season to open up the sectionals. Coach, welcome back. Always love having you on the program. Uh, congratulations. The NCC title, all yours. I took care of a business uh, two weeks ago against Richmond. In in and out and, and back up 65, uh, no problems. Uh, how, how did the uh, bye week treat you? Of course, I'm sure it treats you pretty well when you got that trophy sitting in the case. Yeah, it was it was good for us. Uh, we were, were fairly healthy uh, going through the entire conference season. And, uh, you know, we, we just, any bumps and bruises, we were able to really rest up uh, last week. We, we had a pretty productive Wednesday and Thursday. 
uh, practice where we, we got after pretty good. Also got a lot of work in with our young guys, uh, getting a lot more time during practice than, than they would normally. So it was good. And uh, th- this week we're right back on schedule. I uh, had a normal Monday <clears throat> practice workout yesterday and Tuesday is, you know, beautiful day out here. So we're, uh, we're, we're going to hopefully be full head of steam on Friday night. Yeah, you guys get to host Plainfield again. Uh, you know, last season, uh, tough finish to that one, thirty-five to twenty-eight. You guys went down to Plainfield on uh, the twenty-fifth, week two of August. That was a one-point loss there. I mean, a, a game that you guys kind of had. They they what? They went with a two-point conversion right and were able to take over there. I know you made a comment to me not too long ago that you felt like you know this team that you got now. It's much different from week two. Uh, Go back to that second week matchup there. What do you feel like you learned from that one, and how do you feel like you're better now uh, or better suited to take on Plainfield this week? Well, we we certainly learned we can compete with them. Uh, we were up 14 to nothing in that game uh, and had opportunities to to put more points on the board in the fourth quarter. Uh, twice had the ball down in in scoring position and and had two really costly turnovers. Uh, obviously, could have stopped them on the two point conversion, which would have changed the game. Uh, but this is the this will be the fourth time we played them in 19 games, so we're, we're very very familiar with them. In the three games we played so far, I think we've scored 64. They've scored 64. Uh, the computer rankings, the Sagarin ratings, have us you know basically tied. We're, we're exactly even. I think the computers uh, might have us favored by one point in this game just because it's a it's a home game. Uh, but they're ahead of us on the computer rankings, and uh, everybody in our sectionals ranked in the AP poll so you know you're gonna have to play somebody really really good and uh it's probably the most even sectional that, that I've seen since I've been a high school coach where where every team's ranked uh they all have winning records I, I don't think there's another sectional in the state that has all teams with a winning record so uh if we're able to to come out on top on Friday it is we're gonna have to earn it <laughs> and then going into that championship game it doesn't doesn't matter which one of the four of us is there. Any one of the four teams in this sectional can can absolutely win the sectional championship. Let's go back to that last uh, season there, where you guys lost that opener to uh, Plainfield in the sectional. Uh, what can you carry over from that loss and make you guys better for this one on Friday night? No, uh, don't turn the ball over four times. <laughs> uh, you know, we that's a game we we had it. I don't want to say under control, but we were up twenty eight twenty one. And had a short yarded situation. Uh, we went to our kind of our bread and butter play in that scenario, and we fumbled. They pick it up and run it for a touchdown, tie the game up, and we, we get the ball back. And they get a, a sack and force a fumble on a on a sack fumble, and go down on fourth and twenty two, and uh, throw a ball over our head on fourth and twenty two for a touchdown to beat us. So we, there were about ten different things that we could have done to win the game. Uh, and we just we weren't able to get it done. I think the stars were aligned against us last year. Hopefully, it doesn't happen twice. Yeah, no, no, uh, Coach Woodard going away tour uh, like they had last year. Those kind of things uh, happen like that. But uh, uh, you guys, well equipped, I think, for uh, this one. You got a senior class coach. It's uh, very good. But you know, a, a sectional win has escaped them. Uh, how hungry are they to go out there and get this one, and you know, be able to graduate with at least uh, one of these sectional victories? They're they're very hungry. Uh, they know they've already had a very good season um, to to do what we've done through the reg- throughout the regular course and to to finish the three time champs in the NCC uh, on our way out. Uh, they have a lot to look back on and be you know very 
proud of all those things. But once you start getting into postseason championships, that's when you, you start you start getting into the you know one of the one of the best five ten teams in school history, and then so on and so forth, depending on how long you can make it. And I really think that this team wants to be one of those teams that's remembered. Uh, and we, we've got some kids that uh, you know if they do what they're supposed to. Uh, and we don't make mistakes, and we don't, you know, turnovers and penalties. If we watch those things, um, we should be able to compete with just about anybody in 5A. Again, the uh, Raiders hosting the Quakers. That's at 7 o'clock on Friday night. I always have to remind you when you do play these guys, it is my alma mater, but I would like to reaffirm my complete allegiance to the Raiders on this one. All right, I don't care about that stuff down there in Henderson County anymore. I'm 100% on the Coach Peebles train here as uh, the Raiders will host the Quakers again. Get out there, 7 o'clock, and uh, they're going to bring home their first sectional championship. Uh, here, I, I released the first sectional win uh, in the uh, last three seasons. Hopefully, the senior class can get themselves into a championship. Boy, wouldn't it be great to have a sword game rematch between these two great teams locally? Coach Terry Peebles, Harrison Raiders, buddy. I'm so glad everything's gone good for you here during the bye week, and I'm very excited for you guys here on Friday night. Best of luck. Thanks. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Uh, I'm Jared Jesselitis. We're over to the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, and uh, we're going to bring in our buddy Coach Brian Nay, Central Catholic Knights off a 42-14 victory over Winnemac last week. They advance to the uh, sectional semifinal hosting Rochester on Friday night. Coach, good to be with you here again this week. Another solid victory. Uh, you guys went into uh, you know, went in that game at La Rocca, hosting Winnemac, took care of business. And uh, here you are, uh, just uh, another game away from uh, making a sectional championship. Uh, it seems like a lot of things went really well for you guys against Winnemac last week, didn't they? Yeah, um, you know things went well. Our de- I felt like our defense played extremely well. Obviously, uh, Winnemac, uh, you know, they scored. You know, they got their points very late in the game. Um, we had dumped. Uh, you know, we had we had you know we'd kind of you know throw, throw on the reserves some of the reserves and rotators in. Um, you know, not making an excuse or anything, anything like that. But uh, defense continues to to play at such a high level. Uh, you know, Coach Bryfogle and staff have those guys really humming. Um, offensively, you know, offensively wasn't. I, I don't feel like it was our cleanest, our cleanest performance. Winnemac did some things uh, defensively that we hadn't seen on film. Uh, from you know, they play a lot of zero coverage and brought a lot of pressure, and and they were. You know, they, they basically said, uh, if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us, you know, uh, making plays in, in one-on-one coverage, which uh, we were able to make a handful of those plays. We weren't as efficient throwing the ball. I think we were right at 60%, um, which we want to be closer to 70%. But, you know, when you throw for 396 yards and you have a receiver who catches 10, 10 balls for 222 and you have another receiver that, you know, is able to, to get open – you know, beat his guy three times for all th- for all three scores, and you get Noah Smith, you know, in scramble drill, and no one's catching him when he when he catches the ball in space. Uh, we were able to make enough plays offensively. Um, our run game wasn't as efficient as uh, again as we as we like, but again, you know, it, it's just about it's just about catching the win and and not turning your pads in this time of year. So, uh, so I was happy I was happy with that that we were able to figure it out and. Uh, and we got a huge test, uh, you know, probably probably one of the biggest tests we're going to see since probably week three Westside 
uh, with with the Rochester Zebras coming to town. Um, you know they do they do what they do at, at, extremely well, well coached. I, I've got a lot of uh, you know I, I admire Coach Schaefer and what he's done over there. And, and in the short time that he's been there, he's really turned that thing around. Three years ago, I think three three or four years ago, they didn't win a game. You know, so to be in the position that they are, they're they're coming in favorites according to the Sagarin ratings and. Uh, you know we're four point home dogs, so uh, you know we better we better be about our business. I tell you this, uh, I typically don't bet against you, buddy, because uh, that <laughs> that usually does not uh, pay out, especially this time of the year. But uh, going back to the Winnemac game, yeah, I was going to ask you here too because I mean Mason has six carries essentially. That's it. Alex had one. I know you had eight on the day, but yeah, uh, the zero coverage would definitely explain. You, you brought up Ray Clayton, ten catches, two hundred twenty-two yards. Uh, is a uh, that's a heck of a stat line there. You know, Hudson Goodwine yeah. too with the three touchdowns. You mentioned him as well. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, the owners would be proud. Yeah, you know, hey, Bobby, and this is one of the things. You know, we talked with uh, Pat Shanley earlier in the week here too, and he brought up you know his freshman quarterback. The one thing he does well, uh, Bobby's done well here too, and that's take care of the football. Nineteen to thirty, three ninety six to five touchdowns. But the no ints against that kind of pressure. Uh, is good. Uh, that's the kind of savvy. That's the kind of moxie you need to see out of your junior quarterback uh, taking care of the football in those kind of conditions. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I felt like uh, you know, up front, up front, we we you know we could have done a better job handling some of the pressure, but it was what it was. Um, you know, coach Coach A. Schrader, uh, he made a he made a great adjustment. You know, in, in our protection that that allowed us that really kind of allowed us to to get off in the in the second half. Uh, it, w- it really was that adjustment that just allowed for that extra second of time, uh, because Winnipeg was—I mean, yeah, they were—they were, uh, like I said, they were—they were manned up on our four receivers um, and bringing and, and bringing all kinds of pressure the entire night. Uh, the run game really wasn't going to—it just—it was a heavy box, you know. We, we are, philosophically we we count numbers, and they were they were light in the back end, so. I mean, we were dropping back, and we were gonna we were gonna find, uh, you know, we were gonna try to find creases that way, and and thank God we did. And, and like I said, Bobby had a Bobby had a huge night, man. He's you know, it, it's pretty much 400 yards in the air. That's a that's a big night in high school football. Um, you know, with 12 minute quarters and and limited you know limited snaps. You know, that's not uh, you kind of see that every week in college football, but really, you know, any anything above 350 in high school uh, in the air, I, I, I consider that a, a huge night. Like I said, I like to I like the CSB closer to seventy percent completions, but it is what it is. You know, the Zebras come into this one, coach. They're ranked. They're seven two. Had the week off last week, but coming off a very big win over a uh, good three A Maconaqua squ- uh, squad. Uh, what is it about the Zebras? You talked about Coach Schaefer getting this thing turned around. Of course, uh, like you mentioned three years ago, didn't win a uh, didn't win a game. He's come in here and steadily built them up. How is he doing that, and uh, what exactly is it that Rochester does that makes them so dangerous? Well, I'll tell you the best thing he did because we were, we had to go over there we had to go over there last year, and just to talking to him and, and and you know Coach Schaefer and I we tend to sit we tend to sit together uh, at all of our Region Four meetings. Love the dude, just he's my he's my kind of guy. We can you know we can have we can have a conversation and. Uh, you know, I'm de- I I I can pick up what he's putting down pretty much. But he is a he is a hard nose. He hard. They they play hard nosed, a tough style of physical football. Um, you know, they they built that when he got there, they built them a brand new weight room right off the, uh, you know, right off their football field, and and their dedication and commitment to that room, I think, really 
it, it, it can turn the tide so quickly. Uh, if, if you really, if you really dedicate to your strength and conditioning program, uh, which they have, but they've just got tough, big, physical kids. Um, they're, they're gonna, I think they've attempted 41 passes all, all season. Um, so they're gonna, they're gonna come in. They're gonna, when they possess the football, they're gonna try to possess it for long periods of time. They're gonna try to finish their drives in the end zone. Um, they, they play a, they play a, a bend but don't break style of defense where they're gonna, you know, they're gonna force 16, 17 year old kids to be disciplined enough to drive the football on them. They don't give up a lot of big plays. Um, they fly around again. Like I said, they, they, the, the physical style of play is something that we've really got to be ready for. And, and I like our physicality, especially on defense. Uh, I feel like this is one of the most physical teams that we've had, but we're going to really find, we're going to, we're going to find out a lot of, a lot about, you know, we're going to find out about ourselves on Friday night, uh, because there's no doubt about it that, uh, the zebra is going to come in and they're going to, they're going to come in with the intention of put, to, to push us around. You know, I I remember we were out of that game at Rochester last year for the sectional championship, and boy, yeah, you just you found a way to out tough them at the end there. I mean, I, what they didn't they have like it was a it was ninety seven ninety eight yard drive something like that, and you guys kept them off the board in that thing. I mean, they yeah, just, they held yeah, they held the ball the entire third quarter and the and the first one or two minutes of the fourth. Just so happened that they, uh, you know, they get it down to the three yard line and fumble, um, but. I mean, we weren't stopping them. They 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 had they had matriculated the ball down the field, as they say, <laughs> um, and we weren't stopping them. Like they were there, it was you know it, it goes first, and that's the thing, man. They they just chop wood. It goes, it goes first and ten, second and seven, third and four, fourth and one, first and ten. You know, it just goes. <laughs> it's just in that rhythm, and and he he really he really has a good. He's got a good vibe on. Uh, on what he wants to do, and they, like I said, man, they're just so disciplined. Like I, I just can't. Um, Coach Schaefer, he knows. Like it's, it's just you, you know what you're going to get, and it's just, it's it just, it's just good smash mouth physical football. You know, it, and uh, I think that's that's that, that's what they do. And and uh, like I said, man, we're gonna have, we're really gonna have our hands full. You know, I know I. You know, we respect every opponent, but I'm telling you, this is going to be a huge test for us. It's the old Ken Frahiger adage. He's telling me, hey, we're at our best when we can run the football. You know we're running the football, and you can't do anything to stop it. I, that, yeah, that, I mean, that's the, that's Rochester. Yeah, it's demoralizing. So, oh. um, well. Yeah, you can, do, you can do everything. You can have every intention. You can do everything you can to, to stop it. But when they, when, I'm telling you, when they are, when they are, when they are, uh, like I said, matriculating the ball down the field and moving the chains every three or four plays, like it, that, that 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 becomes you know that that becomes very tough on a defense. So they're good at what they do, and like I said, our boys our our boys better show up Friday night ready to go. Coach, or, Bro- or it's gonna it's gonna be uh, pad turning in season on Monday. Don't want to see that, Coach Brian Day, with a tough Do one not. here Friday night. Get out to LaRocca Field and go support these Knights. As uh, they host a ranked Rochester team coming in here in the sectional semifinal, coach. Hey, uh, good luck to you here on Friday night. Get that W. Let's start talking about a sectional championship game next week. All right? Absolutely, going to be a great atmosphere. Uh, you know, come on out, come on out. It's, it's one you don't want to miss. Uh, thanks for everything. And welcome back. It is the 
Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Just Last. Thanks to Coach Terry Peebles and Coach Brian Nay for being on the programs here. Don't forget, Friday night we will be at McCutcheon High School. Sectional semifinals, it'll be McCutcheon and Decatur Central. Team that knocked out the Mavericks last season. And Coach Strasser will be on the program tomorrow. So you want to make sure that you check that out. He'll be on tomorrow as well as uh, Shane Fry. And then Kyle Chard is going to fill in for me on Friday. He'll have Sam King, and uh, they'll break down to uh, what the rest of those uh, sectional matchups are looking like. All right. Here's some of the things we may have missed. Get all your best Ron Burgundy quotes ready because Purdue men's basketball is heading to San Diego. That's right. 2024 uh, Rady Children's Invitational in San Diego on uh, November 28th and 29th at Lion Tree Arena on the campus of UC San Diego. Also in this little four-team tournament, two games each, Arkansas, BYU, and Notre Dame. First game will be played on Thanksgiving Day. The Constellation Championship games are set for Black Friday. So, uh, no more Crossroads Classic, but yet you still get a chance to play Notre Dame. I think we look at Notre Dame a little bit differently now with no Mike Bray and Micah Shrewsbury in the uh, driver's seat up there. You're still not getting Notre Dame to come to Mackey, which is a little bit of a bummer. Maybe that changes. Uh, but to go all the way out to the West Coast, man, that stinks for the holidays. As a fan, it stinks. Um, for the team, though, look, this is solid. Arkansas is a good program. You know Notre Dame's going to be good. BYU is BYU. Well, this isn't bad, but you're kind of just swapping out the crossroads instead of having um, Indiana and uh, Indiana State, Ball State, Butler, whatever we want to do. Uh, you're swiping out essentially Indiana and Butler for Arkansas and BYU, and you can actually play uh, the you know two of those teams instead of just one. Like you can never play Indiana. It's it's good. It's solid. On Fox Sports. So you get to be nationally televised. You're good with that. This year is the inaugural year for uh, the Raidley Children's uh, Invitational. It's got Iowa, USC, Seton Hall, and Oklahoma. It's not a bad lineup. I don't hate it. The only thing that I hate about it, and it's from a fan perspective, I, I don't hate it for Purdue basketball. What I don't like is what else is going on Black Friday for you here locally. Two things. One, Old Oak and Bucket, which next year it'll be, we're at IU next year, right? See, Oak and Bucket is here, isn't it? I'm not going crazy. Yeah, it is here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, to be down at IU, maybe you weren't going to travel, but you still like to watch it, right? So I just hope that it doesn't end up at the same time. I don't think so. I mean, you got the, the delay because of the time zone difference. So, you know, if, 
When did they ever put Oak and Bucket in prime time? That's a noon kickoff. I think you're okay. But I I, I don't want that to... Uh, well, it's Black Friday. I'm losing my mind. Listen to me talk. Thanksgiving, Thursday, Black Friday, you're fine. Well, one thing you would run into, though, is high school football. Right? State championships. That was the point that I was getting to, and then I went into Oak and Bucket for some reason, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it. But still, uh, good for basketball. Solid opponents. Already getting a look at next year's non-conference. Haven't even tipped off this season. You gotta love it. Great stuff to speculate over. I'll take it. I'll take it. I don't know what else needs to be said about this whole Michigan situation, except for I'm ready for the NCAA to give me the uh, just to give me all the details. Give me what you got so we can wrap this thing up and come up with a proper uh, decision. I'm kind of tired of hearing about this guy, manifestos, how careless he was and all this. It still comes down to the couple of questions that we asked yesterday, folks. Where did the money come from? Who did the money come from? Which assistants were actively aware of what he was doing? How involved was Jim Harbaugh? Did everybody in their in their assistants and did everybody insulate Harbaugh so that he had all the deniability? Or does the NCAA have the evidence that he clearly knows what's going on? Because the NCAA has got him on a placard, you know, one of those one of those cards standing next to Harbaugh, and then Harbaugh's making gestures of exactly what's happening. It's going to be hard for him to admit he doesn't know what's going on. But we'll we'll let it all play out. This guy, a 500-page manifesto on taking over Michigan football, sounds like the type of guy that is just going to take the charges and fall on the sword no problem. The more I hear about this, the more I'm wondering, this is why I need to see the evidence from the NCAA. Do they have the coaches dead to rights on this? Because I think you're going to have a guy here that's going to get interviewed and is going to take the fall, no problem. I think you have an administration that's going to go, hey, listen, uh, we thought he was just working on regular stuff and that he deciphered this through regular means. We didn't know he was spending his own money going through, having people do all this. We were completely unaware. We just thought he was good at his job. We didn't know he was doing this illegal. That, that is going to be the argument. So I'll be interested to see if the NCAA does have him dead to rights. And if they do, how long is the punishment going to take? They're not the fastest working group in the world on this stuff. But yeah, I I read the tweets about the manifesto stuff too, and I immediately said, this is a guy 
that is going to take the fall. There's no doubt about that. No doubt about that. So what is the evidence? They got to release it. We got to get an idea. And this couldn't happen at a better time for Purdue, right? You're going to go to Nebraska this week. Michigan's going to be dealing with this for a second straight week. I'm not exactly going to have Purdue favored in that game. Don't get me wrong. But if it's a right team at the right time type stuff, yeah. There's worse situations to be going into the big house. Worse situations, right? Also, I'm disappointed in uh, legendary broadcaster Mad Dog Russo. You see him on ESPN sometimes. He's got a history in New York, like him or don't like him. He's been to the top. He's on Sirius. He said earlier in the week, if the Diamondbacks win the series, I'll retire on the spot. What happened last night? The Diamondbacks won. He said he was going to stand by his promise. Uh, He's not going to do it. Went on the Howard Stern show today. Not going to retire or quit. Has contracts up in like February. He said on Stern that he'll go out, sport a Diamondbacks bikini in public, With a sign saying, I'm a dope and a liar. I'm sure he's not going to be showing any skin. You made the promise, man. Time to live up to it. I did enjoy the Diamondbacks, though, dancing on his grave and calling him out while they were celebrating last night. Congratulations to Arizona. Ain't nobody had them making the playoffs. And if it probably wasn't for that three out of four games they took up at Wrigley Field, they probably don't make the playoffs and they don't make the World Series. Think about that. That's how huge that series was. I talked about that going into that weekend. How important it was for the Cubs to put them in their graves. They didn't do it. Now they're in the World Series. Probably good news for everybody because there's some weird stat where when the Philadelphia Phillies win the World Series, we're in for a recession or some kind of financial crisis. Every time they do, it it, it goes poorly for the economy. So I'm with it. That's going to do it for us here on the Hammered Out Show. Big thanks to Coach Day. Big thanks to Coach Peebles for being on. We'll be back again tomorrow, 3 o'clock. Coach Shane Fry. And Coach Josh Strasser, both on with us. That's tomorrow back here.